This is the Art of Warcast, a podcast about Legend of the Five Rings, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Opus, Carl Anderton, and Doug Keister. Episode 6, We Too Can Swing. All right, welcome. I'm Tobin Lopez. I'm Carl Anderton. And I'm Doug Keister. What are we up to today, Carl? The zero hour is almost upon us. The rules, the swag, the cards, the game. We'll try to cover it all without completely losing our minds. We'll complete our clan introductions with Scorpion. We'll share our reaction to some of the massive amount of news from FFG. We also gathered some listener questions, which we'll answer in our own confusing and contradicting manner. After all, Doug and Tobin have no clue. I'm the scholar in the group. We have some great <laughs> listener questions. Excuse me? <laughs> and finally, we'll share our plans to bring the game to you during Gen Con. You're right. the scholar of the group? I'm reading the script. You <laughs> can't disagree. But. All right. No, uh, it's, it's hard. It's the <laughs> accent, I think, that makes him the scholar, doesn't it? British guy has to be intelligent and evil. Exactly. exactly. I can buy that. Well, actually, Scorpion, guilty as charged. (laughs) All right. But first, with the release of the rules, specifically the Learn to Play, our role as playtesters is public knowledge. We'd love to tell you all about the experience and what we did and how it works, but we can't. We can't talk about it at all. We can't talk about it today. We can't talk about it tomorrow. And we can't talk about it in six months, eight months, whatever. So yeah. Yeah, um, uh, as far as the questions go for the playtesting stuff, I know I we got a couple that of those. we can say that just to, you know, write this in stone, we are under NDA. We yeah, can't talk yeah about absolutely. That's absolutely. It, yeah. We can't talk about the metagame and how we think the game plays until it's actually released. There's a lot of limits on what we can say. So we will try to answer your questions to the best we can under those limitations. Mm-hmm. So, and if we do, and if if you if you ever ask us a question, we say sorry, I can't answer. Please just accept that. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Have, we have little choice. So. so, our final clan was Scorpion. Yeah. Our final clan to review is Scorpion. So right? is FFGs the, apparently. Can I yeah, just mention oh, the FFG uh, release method for Scorpion has been the most fun thing I've seen on the internet in a long time. Everything <laughs> out. That is awesome. And, it's fantastic. And it's one thing to sneak out the card previews and the fans like they have. But doing what they did last night, before, like, we are planning this script. We are planning to talk about this with the 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 assumption (laughs) that the fiction isn't going to be released. What happens? Friday night, someone notices that, lo and behold, the unicorn link on the FFG page has been, will take you now to the Scorpion story, which was interesting. I'll I'll have to get you guys' opinion on this, because this is one of the ones I... You know, I've I've gone on record. Some of them I've missed. Like I felt I've missed a little bit. Mm-hmm. This one I kind of got the idea, but I think I missed some things. Like just being an, uh, new <laughs> to the new to the lore. Gee, um, Tobin so, missing things. Yeah, never yeah. happened. No, I'm just I'm happens. just gonna poke in that the way they overwrote to the unicorn story with the scorpion one is kind of like um. Shinjo, you know, Alta Sanani, um, marching up and suddenly shows you like and leaps in front of a no! Like, <laughs> <laughs> mid-stage, look at you me. You can't do that. <laughs> you know? All right, so, but before we get to the Scorpion, I want to talk about some of the organized play stuff. Now, oh we don't have all God. the time. We don't have an unlimited amount of time for this. We want to keep this, you know, 60, 75 yeah. minutes as per our n- normal. Right. <laughs> we don't have that much time to cover all this stuff. Oh well, my gosh. And a couple of the other podcasts have gone in depth on this. Mm-hmm. So there is uh, some good explanation if you want to hear the explanation. Get the full listen details. to their podcast too. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I'll say is I love the launch program. 
that they've put together. The, oh, the, the staggered one across, yeah, the, across the last quarter. Yeah, the three distinct events yeah. over the first three months or so of the release are going to be amazing. It consists of a launch party, which happens that weekend after the release. They it happens. It, there's a Imperial Summons event, which invites players to train their skills with full decks. So this happens uh, two months, or I guess uh, about a month after the release, maybe two. Mm-hmm. And it will take place after the Rolls of Rokugan Ceremony at the Winter Court World Championship. So that's going to happen probably in November and presents a new deck-building twist for each clan, which is, I would assume, the roll stuff, the yeah. Keeper and the Seeker limitations. Yeah. So that's, that's the Imperial to. Summons. And then there's the Way of Rings tournament, which will introduce players to fun competitive play with a concise tournament. Test your skills with full decks against other competitors in preparation for recurring in-store events starting in 2018. So, right. again, there is a wealth of information out there. As Doug mentioned, a few other podcasts have covered this in great detail. We recommend you listen to those or just go to FFG's page. There's a there's three or four or five pages there that have overlapping. Well, uh, the, there are several linked pages. You need to read all of them. Yeah. And, and read yeah. them kind of carefully because there are there is a ton of information. They're very dense. Yeah. And yeah. we assume more as we go along. I mean, we'll be getting a little more tournament structure and floor rules as we develop in. So watch those spaces. Yeah. You know? And the Gen Con swag is... I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of speechless. <laughs> Full bleed champion cards is one of the things. Boxes for everybody. Oh, yeah. Pins for people. Honor tokens for uh, all those things. Cu- oh. There's a custom first player token that people are going to get. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. That's a Gen Con of, oh. specific release. Now these, these two guys are going on about this. I'm just thinking to myself, I need to win three games minimum. Yeah. I've got to do that. <laughs> I'd like five. Five so, would be nice, but I've got on, to win Carl. three. Go now, for five. Go for five. <laughs> go to mode. Come on. So, uh. yes, and that leads into the best point that I think I'm the most excited about is this Hatamoto thing. Mm -hmm. The Hatamoto structure, the Hatamoto delineation for those particular positions. Titles that they have for players. These are awesome. Oh, yeah. The the people that go 5-0 on Thursday will receive the Hatamoto trait, and they will be, as a group, they will be the, the hotter, Did you hotter, see the Hatamoto designation? The yeah, Hatamoto the playmats play are Those are beautiful. Yeah, sorry, absolutely. sorry. It's over with the Hatamoto trait there. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not blanked by um, Cloud of Mind, and it does not increase your play cost. <laughs> right, right, right. There you go, there you go. Uh, Hatamoto cannot be, uh, cannot does, be does clouded. It, does it affect your glory? Good question. Uh, maybe. <laughs> it's well, into, like, you get the, to, the Hatamoto title is an attachment that <laughs> adds to your glory. <laughs> <laughs> you get to use the. You get to start the Utsbanzai. You get recognized at the larger tournaments that you're part of. I think that is They'll have a separate like awesome. area where and the Hatamoto's can just hang out and gather. That's kind of Whatever cool. that means, I don't know what that means, but we'll see, I guess. Well, I think one of the other podcasts was talking about it being some sort of like dungeon room or something. Like <laughs> yeah. I was thinking more rope, roped off section of the restaurant personally, you know, yeah, no, it's, with the it's better be, seating. No, it, what it's probably yeah. going to be is it's probably going to be like a special seating area in the tournament hall yeah. where they're going to have like, you know, like numbered seats and it's like, you know, so that people can get a good view of who they're going to be playing and know who to target. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Look, and these people are up for, you know, beat and, these people. And Hatamotos are going to be identified throughout the tournament season. So mm-hmm. you're going to be able to earn that title if you don't have it yet, if you don't, you know, for those few privileged people, honestly, that get to go to Gen Con, they'll have a chance to get the Hatamoto titles. But those of you who aren't at Gen Con, you will get a chance to earn those titles in your fr- friendly local game stores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking... And this is, I think I talked to maybe one of you about this, but the co-ties, they, in one of those announcements, they mentioned co-ties and grand co-ties. Right. I think the co-ties are going to be regionals. I think the regionals for L5R 
uh, are going to be co-ties. There, there, there's they a mentioned that, that in Grand. I don't know. It's hard to say. It Grand, be, Grand might be, be Grand co-ties might be the series that they talked about. Well, mm-hmm. no, talked about I a think, series of I think Grand co-ties actually cham- is actually a tournament. So maybe maybe like the store championships will be co-ties. Yeah, and that's the what I was thinking. All right, all right. I mean, okay. hard to, hard uh, to be sure. Co-ties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, find, out. we'll find out. More. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out more yeah. as as it's released. But one thing that's cool is that once you get a Hatamoto title, you, you hold on to that, and when every tournament you go to thereafter, you get introduced. Mm-hmm. So right. That's kind of cool. The, the the tournaments of a certain level. We don't know what those levels are, whether they're store championships or regionals or whatever mm-hmm. else. So. I, I would add in as well. If um store championship is concurrent with the basic Kote. Kotai. That does mean that store championships are going to have a heck of a lot more attendance. Oh yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> oh, and I fully expect this to be a much more popular organized places than FFG has ever done. Yeah, it's definitely the biggest one I've ever tried. And the interesting part is that if you're if you're a Hatamoto, obviously you have a vested interest in sticking with your clan, especially in those tournaments. Mm-hmm. If you're not a Hatamoto, it will behoove you to go to. Yes, I know there's clan loyalty in this game, and I know they're brewing it in. They've also, by implication, brewed in an opportunity for you to claim a Hatamoto uh, of a clan that maybe you didn't start with mm-hmm. because you didn't earn the Hatamoto tile. So you can earn it with, so you play Crab first. You just can't quite earn the Hatamoto title with Crab because you have a Crab heavy meta and they earn it. But maybe you go to Unicorn or Lion and you earn your Hatamoto title there. And maybe you're playing the quote unquote wrong clan for a year. But you are Hatamoto, so there is something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. The, I, I can see something like that happening where <clears throat> someone goes to Gen Con as, like you said, Crab. And, uh, you know, Crab is heavily represented, but let's say Phoenix is underrepresented. Maybe when they, if that person, if they go to Worlds, you know, goes to, to Winter Court, maybe they, they switch and, and play Phoenix at Winter Court to try and get a Hatamoto title there. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, and what you can look at it there is obviously it, there is a certain amount of clan loyalty enforced. Once you're Hatamoto for something, you're more likely to stay with them. But there's, on the quick side, there's a good chance of you shaping up the meta by choosing the less played and playing it intentionally. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Very exactly. interesting, very interesting. It, it, right. does, it does sort of incentivize Dark Horse play. Which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. And, you know? and we will close out, we'll close out this episode with our prognostications for what we think is going to, what we'll find out at Gen Con. Right, uh, what will f- the news that'll come? Uh, I'm excited to share at least what I think will come out, mm-hmm. and I know you guys are too. <laughs> but before that happens, let's learn about the devious, the masked, the subversive Scorpion Clan. Okay, first let's talk a tiny bit about the fiction that just came out because it just came out and it was fun. of course, yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. damn badass. So, Carl. Mm-hmm. Tell me your opinion of the Scorpion short story. I'm curious. Well, here's a fun bit. I didn't quite get all the way through with the time we had. I read a couple of people talking about it, oh. and I got about two-thirds of the way in. But um, my main thing there, my takeaway from it was the whole thing was a carefully veiled discussion of the two different philosophies of the clan, the two different viewpoints of where they're planning, where the two leaders, basically, who are almost equal in stature, despite Shoju being the de facto daimyo, you know. Well, because Kachiko is his like his advisor and, and the, his wife, and, and the and implication that she has so much power spread through the um, the empire as well, as it were. She's 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 as much of a head of a, a set of spies as he is. There, uh, if you are a fan of House of Cards, <laughs> you know Frank and Claire. These are the Frank and Claire of Rogue. Yeah, that's that's the whole conversation. The whole conversation is 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 wonderfully gently veiled political maneuvering. 
the whole from yes. end to end between the pair. Oh of them. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I took that immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So I I read through this last night and I loved every every word of it. Mm-hmm. I, I I know that I'm I'm my fanboy all over the the fa- the the fiction, but it's well done. All seven pieces have been really well done. They're very thematic of the clan. They they are representative of what the clan is. So if you are unsure what you want to play, go read all seven pieces of fiction, and one of them that stands out to you, that's your clan. And there actually is an eighth piece, which we haven't mentioned yet, which is the... Oh, the Smokeless Fire? Smokeless mm-hmm. Fire, right? Which is, which is written by oh, wow. FFG's own Katrina Ostrander. And which and that was a good read, too. There was. It I, was. I'd miss and that was her. Actually. So, so here's the thing, right? So here's the thing I noticed, I, and I just have to go a little fanboy and just full props to FFG and Katrina and the whole crew. That had a clan parade in it, right? Mm-hmm. You yes. had a clan parade. What's happening on Thursday? Yeah. A clan oh, wait, parade. There's a clan parade. Yeah, there's a ceremonial opening right? to everything. Yes, and then you will go. You go through the clan parade, and then things happen, which is the tournament, of course. And the Hatamotos then advise the emperor, which is exactly what happens in that story. Mm-hmm. Right. They go through the clan parade. I thought it was just. I was that was geeking out. That that shows a hell of a lot of foresight, and a hell of a lot of planning. Yes. And just having fun with the meta, 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 right? So like it's a story about the game, about the game, about the events. Oh yeah, yeah. It so, was so, great. so what you're telling me is you're looking forward to the um, to the Void Chujenja special effects on the Thursday opening. Oh, ah, no, no, not really. No, I don't want any void appearing over my head and me being sucked into it or whatever it is. Okay, the description of the void and how it works, I like that. Yeah, that was, very that nice. That was very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was very nice. She got she got the lead character, and I forget the name. But the lead character got her pupil, like, get out. Get <laughs> out. Oh, you need to get out right now because okay, something's yeah. happening. So in, in the story, they, they, she mentioned the, the uh, Sawa Atsuko is mentioned. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, she, I believe, if I remember correctly, she is like the master of Void. Yeah. Okay. She's the awful Void character in the in the core set, too. Okay. Right. Minus one, so minus one to everybody. The yeah. the elemental masters, there's one for each each element, like we mentioned before when we talked about the phoenix. The, the, the elemental master of Void... Is one of the scariest Shugenja uh, in Rokugan. Wow, okay. Just because the void, when you talk about the elements, void is sort of the culmination of all of them. So void is the all four of the other elements coming together, but at the same time it's also nothing. So it's this weird mystical thing that is sort of, it's described as sort of like a river or deep water or something like that that can suck you in and drown you. That's okay. perfect. I mean, that's very... Yeah, All right. There's the metaphor. That's excellent. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So, All right. So the scorpion. Uh, yeah. The scor- so the, scor- the scorpion story was very good. And oh, yeah. it, uh, I'm going to spoil it a little bit for you, Carl. At the very <laughs> end, they there's a mention. They use the word wave. Right. So there's the, uh, at the end, the dragon clan is the last to, uh, to to look at the parade and there's a connection made between soju is it soju watching the, the in, in smokeless the, fire or? not in smokeless fire in the, the in, in, in the, the scorpion in the scorpion fiction they're in the garden remember they're in the they're looking at the koi pond i think you might be conflating those two Sorry. you're conflating them t- a little bit oh, okay 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 there is not a parade in the scorpion fiction what are right. you gonna try and say i was i was well because there's a i remember there being a wave the dragon, the wave that that Yokuni sensed, 
mm-hmm. is yeah. this wave is the same wave maybe uh and one thing okay in the water of the pond or something you think you know the wave that's described at I the end it. of the parade yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah one thing that's great about the scorpion fiction is that the scorpion fiction is also it it, it sort of brings all the pieces of fiction full circle because in the scorpion fiction there is a recap of mm. all the major events of the other fix. Because they're considering their their yeah. effect and influence on what they're planning, yeah. Shoju and Kachiko, they're they're talking about everything that's going on in the Empire. Because right. right now they are the Imperial advisors. So And they oh. talked about all the troubles that these various clans have. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I think is awesome that we picked up on that. That mm-hmm. well So yeah. yes, the the, the the things that the the wave that Yokuni mentioned. Self congratulatory there. Yeah. Pat. The, the <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he actually well, did just fa- pat yeah. himself well, so, on the back. To be fair, that is what the Scorpion are discussing. Should we keep patting ourselves on yeah, the back in exactly. the open or go back yeah. to what we did before? Right. Yeah, so there's a mention of you know the, the dragon problems and, and the, the, there's a tie into Yokuni's vision and all mm-hmm. that. So yes, the, all the seven pieces of fiction are form an interlocking jigsaw puzzle. Okay. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree, totally, I agree. Totally. So there are... I'm going to take a stab at the families in Scorpion because this all is right. what I do, right? Mm-hmm. So Bayushi yes. is a family... Which family are the Bayushi then? The courtiers, the the, the, the they're courtiers, they're the they're the head family, the, really the head family, family. Yeah. the head family. Bayushi is okay. the kami. So so then you have the soshi, mm-hmm. you have the yogu, yogo, yogo, mm-hmm. and then uh, maybe soshuro. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ah, see, there we go. All right, is so that the yes. four? Yes, those are the four. Okay. They fill the the kami the whole the <laughs> yeah the, 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 <laughs> the kami fold earth they have the tournament all that all that good stuff uh, so Bayushi who is the twin brother of Shiba so there there is a there is an interrelation between the Phoenix Clan and the Scorpion Clan so their their kami were twins okay so. Uh, at least that's in the old fiction I'm not sure if, I'm not sure what yeah. they're gonna do. again not 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 um, counteracted so far so presumably so yeah presumably so. So Bayushi goes out and, like everybody, you know, finds people to form a clan. And one of the first people that he finds is no one's actually really quite sure whether this person is actually male or actually female. Her name, she she presented herself as a female, as a female actress. Her name is Shosuro. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Mm -hmm. She's, She's known for being a great actress, very popular, you know, very good with, putting on personalities for on the stage. So, she, she Bayushi meets her and they have sort of a, they have sort of a love affair. Uh it, I don't know if it's ever actually you know, consummated or anything like that, but they do have there there's a very deep love between the two of them. Uh Shosuro is the one who becomes the Scorpion Clan Thunder during the the first day of Thunder. So she goes into the Shadowlands. Oh, okay. When she comes back from the Shadowlands, she is one of the few uh, oh, I think I believe the only it, isn't she? Yeah. The only uh, thunder. Like Shinsei does not come back. I think she's the only thunder that comes back. There's, I think, a couple other, like retainers or whatever that come back with her. But she's the only thunder who survives. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. She comes back. Uh, That's an accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah. Probably no kidding. Right? When she comes back, she has two very important things with her. She has a satchel that contains twelve scrolls. And she has an obsidian hand. I believe it was her left hand. It's, like it, a moving obsidian hand made out of obsidian. Uh, I don't, or is it I don't like remember exactly if it kind moves of a Jamie or not. Lannister kind of golden. I think it's more of a Jamie prosthetic. Lannister sort of thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just an artifact she's carrying, right? Not. But she also did lose her hand. Yes, yes. But she ends up with this artifact. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. so at, I think at some point she actually wears it. Okay. 
if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. So this uh, this obsidian hand becomes an artifact of the Scorpion Clan, and it's got some mystical things surrounding it that are interesting and you should definitely read up on. I won't go into it, just leave some people some surprises. All right, okay. <laughs> these 12 scrolls that she brings back in the satchel, these are the 12 black scrolls, and you may have heard them mentioned before. So these 12 scrolls were written by Isawa while they were in the Shadowlands, and they basically are said to contain pieces of Fuling's soul. So one of the ways that they defeated Fuling in the, in the first day of Thunder was capturing pieces of him in these 12 scrolls. So these things become these huge Maho artifacts. They're evil. They're dripping with evil. They corrupt things you know, by being around And Maho them. is? Bad magic. Black, bad magic. Black That's magic. right. That's bad right. That's magic. right. Okay. Yes, Maho equals black magic. Yes. Okay. Bad juju. Yeah. We had a question on that before, and I got yeah. my learning on. It didn't quite retain. But <laughs> well, we'll good. get it's you there. We'll, we'll get, get you there. there. It's all right. okay. So yes, and Maho corrupts. So these these are things that that need to be hidden away and never looked on again. Mm-hmm. Make it clear they're sealing Fuleng away as well. They're what's keeping him from returning. Right. So and Shosaro's story does not end there. Shosaro eventually dies after coming back to Rokugo. Kinda. <laughs> Kinda. So officially Shosaro dies, but when they do when they cremate her, they don't have her body. They they have her mask. Some of her clothes, so they sort of they, so they sort of cremate an effigy of her, and at the and at this cremation, uh, Bayushi is there, you know, mourning the loss of this the, basically the love of his life. The kami, okay, yeah, the kami, Bayushi no kami, yeah. And standing next to him is this male shugenja, who no one really knows anything about, whose name is Soshi. Mm-hmm. Okay, that mm-hmm. is that is quite scorpion. Yeah. Like, isn't mm-hmm. it? So, th- I mean, th- there's there's more to, to Shosaro's story. Basically, she is uh, thought to be, was thought to be created out of a piece of the lying darkness. So she's, she's not, not she's quite not, human. She's not mortal. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's some, there's some, there's some things there. When she becomes Soshi, she, you know, she start she lives her life as a man. So and nobody's know, nobody okay, knows so that she. Okay, so just to be clear. So the people outside the game, us, mm-hmm. realized that's mm-hmm. who, that's who Shosaro became. Mm-hmm. But no one in story knows that other than maybe the Kami. Um, Probably the Kami. There are hints and thoughts and, and rumors and, and suppositions, but yeah, nothing concrete because okay. it's the Scorpion right. clan we're talking. There's not going to be concrete confirmation of this. Right, right, right. So in a very real way, Soshiro founds two families of the Scorpion clan. Yep. She now, the, the as this Shugenja Soshi, he, she, they, it, whatever. <laughs> Z and say Z. Z is a popular pronoun for. I, I'm for not trans getting into folks. that. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so the Soshi are the are the Shigenja family, and uh, Soshi develops uh, shinobi magic, shadow magic, <laughs> and so when you see if you see like there's a trait shinobi in the game, mm-hmm. so that comes that that comes out of that family, and uh, so that's where that's where you know ninja come from and things like that. <gasps> yeah, ninja. Well, a little more going on there, but they're pr- <laughs> practitioners of illusion magic. Yeah. That's shadow's thing. And then oh, okay. that's basically what that's basically what shinobi magic is. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's it's shadow, it's illusion, it's that sort of thing. Deception. Yeah. Yeah. So that's three families out of the four, right? Okay. So the and what role did Bayushi play? They're the leadership clan. So yeah. or they're the leadership family. So mm-hmm. are they primarily courtiers, primarily bushi, mixed? Primarily bushi. Primarily mm-hmm. bushi. Okay. It tend, it tends to be that you know the the leader the lead family of each clan is the one that also has the bushi school in the clan. Okay. 
So you'll have like, you know, the Hidabushi school, the Bayushi Bushi school, the uh, Doji Bushi school, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So that and then the Soshiro family are the they Courtiers? are actors. Actors, okay. Actors, performers, traveling yeah. troops. So uh, it's a kind of a different role, a one-off role. That they're also, really I, they're also, I believe, the, they handle most of the courtier duties also. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, a specialized role within the Scorpion clan. Mm, yeah, kind that, of. That, that isn't in other clans. It's, yeah, every every clan has got a little bit of that. Like, you've got the uh, the Haruma Scouts. You've mm. got, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you've got the, the Shosuro actor school. Yeah. Okay. Well, saying, I think it's fair to, to comment on that is that they don't have a clear defined role in the normal structure. They are, they're just, it seems to be that they are ostensibly actors and artists and performers, but it seems to be that most of the courtiers come from them as well as it were. Yeah. As with everything in the Scorpion, nothing is clear. Yeah. There, 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 there's, there's fluidity to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that leaves one family that we mentioned back during our last episode. Yogo? Yes. Ah. So that leaves Yogo. And as I said during the last episode, that Yogo started out life as a phoenix. He was married to Asako, who was the founder of the Asako family of the Phoenix clan. So during the the first war with Fulang, which culminated in the Day of Thunder, Fulang cursed Yogo. He cursed Yogo that Yogo would betray the people he loves. That was his curse. He was destined to betray the people he loves. So he's got a problem because he loved his wife, but he didn't want to betray her. Enter Bayushi no Kami, who finds out about this. And he approaches Yogo and says, join my clan. And Yogo basically says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm cursed. You don't want me. I'm going to betray the people I love. Bayushi looks at him and says, but you don't love me. Ah, oh. But Yogo, you do not love me. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that convinces Yogo to join the Scorpion clan so that he will so that he will never betray the people he loves. But by doing so, he actually betrays the people he loves by going to another clan in some in but some fashion. To, to, a, to a lesser extent than he probably would have had he stayed. Yeah. Okay. All there, right. is, there is a lot of um, writing that. debates about who he ends up betraying, as it were. He right. passes away with no, no other great event, so... Now, like, so he passes away never having really fulfilled that curse. Mm-hmm. Okay. So guess what happens? His descendants inherit the curse. The entire Yogo family is cursed. Well, that seems unfair. Yeah, they have this curse. <laughs> they have this betrayal curse hanging over their heads. Yeah. Every one of them. The son inherits. The sons and daughters inherit the sins oh, yeah. of the father, or mm-hmm. in this case, the curses. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's sort of the backstory of of the Yogo, and so they they have problems even within their own clan. <laughs> right, right, right. So and, and Yogo, I believe, was was a Shugenja. Yeah, so they're, 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 they're the, the also other, kind of a yeah. Shugenja family. You have a major Shugenja family in the in the Scorpion. Yeah. yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. wow, very nice. The Scorpion do seem a bit insidious, mm-hmm. right? And and I mean, it's it's really good in this game in the lore to have. A, and it, it seems like Scorpion is the most blatantly, not evil, but blatantly subjective perception. But there are there are other clans that, you know, are good sometimes and not so good other times. And, but it seems These, like the Scorpion is single-minded in terms of helping the emperor retain control or helping the emperor do what he needs to do to 
the scorpion hold Rokugan together. If anything, the scorpion are probably the most consistent mm-hmm. clan in Rokugan. Yeah. Okay. They have a role to play. It's a role that Bayushi no Kami took upon himself, and that they fuf- that the clan fulfills. Has and has fulfilled for as long as the empires exist. Right, something like I'll be your villain. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. Bayushi said to Hantai, "I will be your villain, Hantai." They, they, they are the underhand of the emperor, and they're now currently the 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 imperial advisors, which the crane traditionally were. Mm-hmm. And there's discussion about that in the story. So they have a role; they they fulfill that role. So if you look at them and what they do throughout the history of Rokugan, they are the most consistent, the most loyal, mm-hmm. the most dedicated. To the extent that they will clan. do anything. Right. Yep. That they 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 made a promise to the Son of Heaven and they are fulfilling that promise. Right. Yep. Right. And that shows up in I mean, you see that duality a bit in the fiction where there's this, well, do we do this? Do we do we do we Well now oh, oh and now this leads into the next topic and maybe mm-hmm. we can come back if you haven't finished up, but that's, I that's wanna, pretty much it. I mean, okay, there, there's there's lots more to talk what about, the, but that's the there's lots of details and lots of so interest. But as a result of the fiction, and I don't want to go on too long about this, but as a result of the fiction, does it appear like the Scorpion Clan coup will happen? Is that what they were talking? They were talking about a coup or receding <laughs> into the shadows, right? Those so, were the two things. Were is it that extreme? So here's the question: Do the Scorpion, I miss that? I have to do admit. the Scorpions serve the Emperor? Or do the scorpions serve the empire? Ah, okay. The difference there, and I think I think there's a couple of interesting theories on that. One of them is that they mentioned the coup simple as a kind of like um, to the older players who all go, "Oh no, wait, not that again." There's a, there are mixed feelings about the effect the coup had on the plotline. Right. So you know, as a, as a kind so of jokey poke to people to be like, "Hey, hey, you know, it could happen." Also, it could, it could acknowledge the fact that Bayushi showed you um, is still the same character he was. So he's, he's not actually. It. He's a, yeah. he's a little more stable now than he used oh, to yeah, be. Oh yeah, but, in the old but fiction. that's what I'm saying. But acknowledging that this that, that um his essence is his personality is very much the same. He right. would consider that as a reasonable tool. And you know what you know what I also found interesting is they talk about his withered right hand. Yes, his arm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the art that we've seen that that was spoiled right, as part of it, his right arm is hidden. His right arm is hidden. It's hidden in fog or or yeah. smoke or what have you. And he, it's actually tucked his... into his sleeve. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. The, yeah, that was really cool. Um, I hadn't noticed that he didn't have his hand. Right. That's mm-hmm. one of those things in art that the top the the, the samurai dress the samurai traditional samurai dress the the long skirt and the top I forget what the names of those both are, and if you guys remember. <laughs> Let sort of. Know. I won't try. It, I think the is it the hakama is the, like the the sort of the flowing ha- pant skirt thing. Either that or harumura or something like that. I forget exactly what. Yeah, yeah. There are names for two half. Well, I, I will. I will work on. That. I forget what the, I forget, <laughs> what, I forget what the 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 top part of the dress is is called. So please forgive me for that. <laughs> but the sleeves are pretty large in those. Right. 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 So, and one of the things that you see is uh, sometimes you'll see uh, either someone walking with their hands tucked into their front or tucked into their backs. Mm-hmm. And so what it'll look like is you'll see their 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 sleeves flowing and you won't see their arms because mm-hmm. their arms will either be held behind their back or held in, in front of them as they're walking or whatever. That you know, so it's sort of you know, Americans tend to you know be big and bold and have their arms out and talk with their hands and things like that and you take up space. Well, that's that's not uh, it's not really part of Japanese culture. That's they 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 try to keep you know smaller. You know, that so they right. tuck their they tuck their hands in, and so that their arms aren't swinging wildly. It, and there's also there's also like a, a dedication to you know, 
samurai and bushido and things like that that you know the the training that go with that right. so what what's happening with the, the picture of uh shoju he's got his left arm hand extended like he's talking to someone but yeah his right arm his withered arm is hidden because he's imperfect he's he's flawed he, it's a birth defect that he has to hide he has to he has to because it's a something like that is a mark of shame it's a mark of dishonor it's a mark of being cursed by the kami and how was he cursed by the kami? Or he was just born with a withered right arm. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's, that's, a, that's how yeah, it's so, so, all right. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And so, th- what I also found interesting was he talked, there were several mentions in the fiction about him taking medication mm-hmm. to uh, alleviate some of the symptoms uh, mm-hmm. with his hand, with yep. his arm. So, that w- that's an internal struggle that he sounds yep. like he's having. So, all of these, all of the characters that the fiction is centered on seem to have some internal struggle. Oh, yeah. As well as there's a clan struggle. And I think that those kinds of themes are more interesting than than anything else. Yeah, and I agree with you on that. And one last thing as well. As you were mentioning, we've had it very clearly illustrated to us that every clan has its issue. The crane is worried about the famine. The lion is defending its borders and dealing with a leadership struggle and so on and so forth. And dealing with two, possibly two wars. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, the Scorpion one is all about, yeah, what are we going to do about the Empire? I mean, that's what it yep. boils down to. And, they are, the they thing, are that the dedicated. Is, that is their they, problem. They're that dedicated, and they're so dedicated to both the Son of Heaven and the Empire that they're willing to consider all options. And that's when they talk about coup. Mm-hmm. Do we need to? Is that is yeah. that is that a, is, is a weapon it, we can use? Is it better for the Empire for us to be on the throne? Or is it better for the Empire for Hantai the 38th to be on the throne? Right. Mm-hmm. So they're not plotting a coup, necessarily. But they're they, considering it. <laughs> they're leaving that open if it becomes necessary. Yeah. They're not plotting a coup any more than they're plotting to um, go through with uh, Kachiko's. Um, sorry, it showed you suggested thing, which was to back away from the position of imperial advisor. There's just again, that's an option they're yeah, considering. Do we need to receive into the shadows? Yeah. 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 So that completes our clan review of kind of the background of these clans as as best we can do in the new fiction and the new lore. But mm-hmm. it sets us up really well to... I, I feel I've learned a lot over the last few months in talking about this with you guys. And I if you haven't listened to our other episodes, please do so. Yeah, that'd yeah, be great. Plenty of good, good, a lot of good stuff in each of those on the yeah. wall front. So the last remaining task is talking about this amazing thing that's happening in the next few days. Uh, and you know we're sitting here on a Saturday morning, so... There's one thing I'd like to mention before we completely close down the clan discussions. Sure. There's also the imperial family that we haven't talked about. That's something that maybe oh, we right, should, right, right, we right, should right, talk yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the you'll see the, like the imperials will you've seen things like Mia Mystic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, one of the imperial yeah. families. Uh, the Seppun. So they're not a, they're not really playable except that they're neutral cards. But we'll talk about those more at a later date. Right. So we have those are the Otomo the Otomo. Clan, the Otomo, Otomo family, the Mia, the Sapun, and the Hantai, Hantai. are the four. And families. the Hantai is the ruling, right. exactly right. the same as other of of clans. Yeah. All right, excellent, cool. So before we get to Gen Con, I've heard that we have some listener questions. Yes, we do. Some amazing questions. We put these out to people on Facebook, Reddit, uh, BGG forums. We got to basically just put it out there everywhere, and we had some uh, great responses. Some of these questions we can take care of. Some of them we can't answer. Some of them will be answered. With in the next few weeks, first off, uh, and I'm going to take these kind of in order of which they were posted. So Dan awesome. Young, 
who is a longtime uh, listener. He listened to us with the Tracks Sector Warcast. I met him at last year's Worlds. He is a translator for the game. He, he's oh. German. Oh, and he cool. translated the game, uh, the rules, cards, whatever, the translation, right? Part of the mm. translation team. So congratulations to Dan on fulfilling that role. Thank you very much for fulfilling that role, getting our our German counterparts into this game as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Dan answers uh, asks on Facebook, as a spike, because Dan is a spike, which faction should I pick for the release tournament and which faction should I ally with, taking into account a one-core-only thing? Unfortunately, this is one of the things we cannot answer. So we... I've got a non-answer. A non-answer? Okay. What's mm-hmm. that? Read the seven fictions and find which clan speaks to you. As a spike? All right. Okay. As a spike? <laughs> yeah. As a spike. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you, but... <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. personally, I would say I, I have definitely settled on a clan I like in the setting because of the feel of it. Both right. how it plays and both of how it goes in the law. So maybe that's the balance. Maybe find the one that you think you you think mechanically will be will be good for you to play and that you like as a story. Right. There you go. Right. There's a, there's you can always change your your you know your clan loyalty later on if you want to. Right. Yoga is proof. So, exactly. but to get a little bit more information <laughs> on that, we suggest you listen to uh, the upcoming episodes. We have another question from Sharia Sh- Sharia on Reddit. Can all clans, except maybe Lion and Unicorn, opt for a defensive strategy in this game? So mm. this, is a, this is a game about interaction, right? FFG has gone on the record and said from one of their very first Facebook Live videos that they aimed, to, or maybe it was just an a introduction video, that they aimed to make this game interactive. They wanted to have the conflict be the central piece because in the old game, there was all this setup, and then the big excitement was in the conflicts. Right. And so they said, okay, we're not going to, ha- we're going to, we're going to shorten the setup and we're going to f- make the conflicts more frequent. And this game is about that interaction. If you want to go defensive, my guess is that's probably an option, right? Well, Ex- but I'm, I'm but sure there's going to be ways to, de- in each clan to defend, mm-hmm. but is there a, you know, a quote unquote defensive strategy for each clan? Like an overall one where you uh, rarely, uh, rarely attack. That's something that, that's going to have to develop With through... Yeah. Play. Well, yeah, with the, with, we'll take the simple nature of you're expected to break strongholds. Right. I mean, you have to exactly. sometime go and attack them. And you, you will know? have to so. attack. The, you can't yeah. just sit back and defend your land. You, yeah. that, if you want to win the game, you have to engage as the attacker. That yeah. might be something in the future as more cards that punish people attacking become come into the game, say, that might happen. Yeah. 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 It, yeah it, that, could, that could very well be the case. Grab, so. we're looking at you. so we have another question from flipa zero on reddit he or she says as a new l5r player one of the things that strikes me the most is the three different win conditions and how they influence deck building and uh this person has a few questions related to that all right the first one is is the stronghold defeat the main victory condition with the honor wins defeats just a mechanic to keep you from abusing draw or are they just as likely to occur for that one, FFG has said, and we agree, that Stronghold Breaks are the main way you'll win the game. From, yeah, from the, from yeah, the right. core game. Absolutely. As, like, far, as far as frequency of the other win conditions, that's... I, I don't know that we can... That there's, that we, there's no data for that as far as I know. Right, right. This and will be all anecdotal. We've certainly seen them, but neither have we been flooded with them. Like Conquest and Netrunner, which we all three have experience with, they have multiple victory conditions. Mm-hmm. But they didn't... But taking have planets those was the th- main one that yeah, you win. They the don't main way you won. They didn't, those weren't those were yeah. there, and they were possible, but they were more an, 
side effect of opportunity. Yeah. So I think the best, the, the most we can really say right now is that they're alternate win conditions probably for a reason. Yeah. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll take that one on the head and say I definitely think what they're getting at, the idea that they constrain play more than they let you win the game, is exactly with the intent of the design. That you worry about honor and, and worry about dishonor so that you can't just charge it and attack. It's a, yeah, it's another resource to manage, right? Yeah. And as, as FFG has said, the con alternate conditions may present themselves in a, in a circumstantial way, right? So you might find, you know, round three, oh, wow, I'm really close to an honor victory. Or you might find round three or round four, oh, man, I'm about to lose through dishonor. Yeah. But I don't know... The that, old honor running decks from the CCG, I don't know if those are ever going to exist in, in the LCG. We'll yeah. see. We'll yeah, see. we'll see. Well, yeah. that'll that'll be reasonable. It, be it's possible, but known more yeah. over time, right? Known yeah. more over time. So the, one of the s the second question that Flipa had was, do you build a deck with one of the victory conditions in mind, or do you go middle of the road and go for whatever is easier at each game? So again, this game is centered on one central strategy of conflict with your opponent, and like all games of this nature, you're going to have to make that evaluation with your meta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's an interactive game. The, 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 the core of the game is breaking provinces and you know, cracking strongholds. I, I, I would guess that that's probably always going to be a part of your deck building strategy. Right. And deck building in, this, in these ways, with this, these card games, you have to account for what your opponent's going to do. Mm -hmm. So what is the meta like mm -hmm. oh, yeah. where you're playing? Are you playing in a scorpion heavy meta or are you playing in a crab heavy meta? Are right. You, yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. it yeah. dragon heavy? So you're going to play me and Mystics to get rid of attachments or dragon heavy to get rid of Voltron characters. Right. If you're going to play scorpion, who knows? How often are you seeing height of fashion in your meta? Things exactly. Like is it crane heavy? Is it political heavy? Is it military attack heavy? Is it unicorn so, yeah, so, so questions like that are hard to, to answer globally because... Well, there really is no global meta yet. Mm -hmm. We've I said that the global meta is not necessarily the meta you play in. Of course, no, not. it's not. It's yeah. your local meta is what's important yeah. because that's what affects your gameplay. Mm -hmm. Right. I would counter in and say, if you're asking in terms of whether focus deck or middle of the road, it's quite an adaptive and um, improvisy game. So I'd be more towards middle of the road personally. Right. Remember, and and that's that's a good point, Carl. Mononoaware, which we haven't talked about in a while, is uh, is a thing. Mm -hmm. It's the it's something you have to flows. keep in mind mm -hmm. as you're playing. Mm -hmm. the The board state is fluid, mm -hmm. right? And like our friend John used to say, he he was very enamored with this saying that he uh, repeated time and time again: is that a plan never survives encounter with the enemy, even the best plan, right? Yep. So you have to be able to shift, you have to be able to flex and adapt. This is the game, and of that certainly applies here. Yeah, uh, and that's what your better will determine. Yeah, like, and th there is an aspect of chess to this game. Yeah, of, absolutely. You know, thinking thinking moves ahead and, and trying to anticipate what your your opponent's going to do, and having an idea of how you can react to those things. Totally so. Yeah. So he has two other questions, uh, uh, Flipa. On these, uh, we uh, apologize we can't answer these, but I will just for the record put them out there. I also have concerns about the get balance of the game from the start. Do you feel like the balance between factions is good? Or are there some heavy, overpowered, or underpowered factions? And that we just can't answer at this time before the game's release. We'll get into that when we can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, also linked with that previous question, he says that he would love to hear our Gen Con predictions. What factions you think will place better with one corset, and what faction you think the benefits the most of having three corsets. And like Dan's as question... As much as I'd love to talk about that... <laughs> again, <laughs> later on. <laughs> so, so here's one thing I can absolutely for certain say about the winning decks, the top decks at Gen Con. Mm -hmm. is they will have Sapoon Guardsmen and they will have Otomo Courtiers in them. Oh, jeez. 
<laughs> so watch out. You have to plan for that. They'll also have a stronghold. That's, that's a little bit of a jerky provinces. response, yeah. actually. I, I, it's well, better than me. I thought he was going to say, I can guarantee they will contain cards. So <laughs> so it's, it's a bit of an homage to Brad Andrews, who was asked a similar question about the world's decks uh, <laughs> that, first wor- that first year of Conquest. And he says, I'm pretty sure the rogue, a rogue trader and a void pirate will be in those decks. So that's a, a little bit well, of a the man was not poke wrong. at Brad. It, no, he was not wrong, right? <laughs> so going on, Matthew on BGG says, I, all right, I think it's clear, and Matthew, Matthew's questions are pretty fun ones. I think it's clear that which clans Doug and Carl prefer. I don't need a Hatamoto level pledge from Tobin, but at the moment I'd like Tobin to take a stab at his favorite clan from a mechanical perspective and favorite clan for a fluff perspective, and it doesn't need to be the same clan. Lion and the fluffiest, right? I mean, technically. <laughs> well, those manes. This and and I read this. Well, Matthew, horses are kind of have, fluffy too. And I have mm. to admit, this was tough. Uh, mechanically, I like dragon. Mechanically, I like scorpion. Mechanically, I like crane. <laughs> I mean, I mechanically, okay. Mechanically, there's a lot to yeah, love. Yeah, there's a lot to love there. Mechanically, and, we kind of like the game. Yeah, you know? uh, I mean, they, we do. Wait, and maybe we should talk about this. Maybe we could do a podcast or something. Yeah, okay. right? like yeah, a recorded okay. version. That know? would be a cool idea. <laughs> I know it. Brilliant, right? <laughs> uh, those styles are ones that I trend towards. But how have I said? As I've said before, with Conquest and Netrunner, I found myself moving from clan to clan to clan and basically playing what I thought was fun. And if I saw the interactions, I there's typically what's arose what's. So what's happened what over a period of time is I've identified a clan that I don't like playing, and I kind of <laughs> avoid those. Here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that uh, Tobin actually does get a Hatamoto in the oh, Friday tournament oh, so, so that he is forced to, to, make a to play the same clan for like a year. <laughs> See, uh, for the for the previous Traxxas listeners, I'm just waiting for the Hante family, family to have its own clan that pr- basically is the Imperial Guard, so they can make a non-decision, basically. Yeah. So he'll have a Sapuan yeah. deck. So yes, yeah. basically. Yes, yeah, exactly that. The poor yeah. grunts on the ground, right? Yeah. You know? So, but, uh, oh, man. So I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of some horrible Asian portmanteau into Gaunt's ghost, but I can't do it. Moving on. So I, I expect I expect L5R will be the same for me, uh, that, I'll, that I'll bounce between clans. Provided I, if I do have the the amazing chance to become a Hatamoto, obviously that will direct me Make in the s- other ways. Make right? the decision that, that'll for sort of you. lock you in for at least a little while. But and and here's here's why here's why I want to take this answer. So we've talked about it offline a bit. I want to introduce three archetypes for players. So Arch- I'm archetypes I'm a, of decks. Yes. Archetypes of a player. Well, let's, player let's, let's 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 uh, let's. Back up for just a second. Okay. Now we've talked about the Thrones playstyles before. Right, right. Right. So we've talked about you know Nedley being the thematic, in keeping with the story of of the Game of Thrones. We talked about Jamie style play being the the tournament spike who will put any combination together to win, and then we had the the Shaga build that was just jank player. Right. 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 All the way down. So with <laughs> keeping that in mind. What are the the, the <laughs> what, are, what do we what names do we want to give those for L five R? So so I've checked with both of the live people that we've the living breathing residents of the earth who are who are named in this. I've checked <laughs> with both of them. They're okay with doing this. So the the Nedley approximation 
for the thematic, the thematic in with the story. In with the story. These people are not going to do build decks that don't make if, sense in the so story if line. the crane and the uh, the crab are are completely against each other right now, they're never going to ally oh. crane with crab. Right. Saying, never never crane with lion. There's so one. I, I and I'll give a dramatic pause to let you figure out who the living person is who we might name this archetype after. That living person is Katrina Ostrander. <laughs> so Thanks, a Katrina, Katrina player. Thank yep. you, Katrina. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So Katrina players. Katrina style play is what we're going to call the, the thematic line. style. Lema- thematic folks, right? Mm-hmm. So the person who plays the jank. <laughs> and, and this is purely because oh, you, you should see the said, huge grin that Tobin has because, on his face right now. Because he said, "I can't get my deck down to forty cards. I have to play with forty-one." Um, yep. The jank player is the Brad player, named after Brad Andrews. So Brad decks will be the jank decks. Okay. <laughs> so he loves combination. He's he's that kind of he's that kind of fo- person. He's that kind of player. Uh, so that jank combo can't quite get down to forty because he really wants to see that combination. That's the Brad player. <laughs> so what are we calling the tournament spike then? What else? Shoju. Now, we should make it clear. We, <laughs> did, we did try to contact Bashuji, but she showed you to get his permission. The message didn't return. We did receive a finger. We're taking that as a yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and it, it was still bloody too. It so, was kind of gross. Yeah. So two living archetypes and one in-lore archetype. The Shoju player is one the person that will do Whatever anything to win, the right? Pragmatists Which, the pragmatists. Yep, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> the Brad player is the jank, the 41 combo, 41 card combo player, and then the storyline or thematic player is a Katrina player. So if I you like those, those, are those, those cool. I think yeah. those are kind of cool. Too. We're, we're championing yeah. this, championing this idea. Yeah, yeah we want to have, we want to, so we, you know, we think that you know, these are the, going to be like sort of the main styles of play, obviously, and. You know, we think that these are good, are pretty good names for you know these different type of player archetypes. If you think so, let us know. Mm-hmm. Please, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever. Let us know. Yeah, let's, let's get the discussion. Absolutely, going. absolutely. And then to to finish off Matthew's first question, fluff wise, I really enjoyed the unicorn story. Mm-hmm. I really did. Their outsider status is a really intriguing idea for me. I've always been a fan of those kinds of stories, which is probably why I love the Gaunt's Ghost. I was- Waiting for that storyline in forty k. I gotta make reference to that. Yeah, right? but I was also waiting. Them? Yeah, it lines yeah. it lines with what you're saying as yeah. the as the, the one off the outsiders. So yeah. years and you know, I do have a comment about that. Years and years ago, uh, I read the original series of Clan War novels that sort of documented the the Scorpion Clan coup, mm-hmm. and there was one novel for each clan. They were really good. Really enjoyed reading them. These seven fictions have taken me back to that. They're they're they're, they're well written. At least one of the authors is the same, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and you know they're they're just they've 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 brought me really back into into Rokugan, and so they're they're just awesome. <laughs> the <laughs> fluff is just so great, yeah. fantastic. The second question from Matthew is: You guys have mostly been concentrating on the fluff background of the game, but now that we know you guys were playtesters, can you guys talk a bit about how this playing game stacks up to the other LCGs you've played, since you guys are LCG vets rather than L5R vets? And we can speak to this quite a, uh, a bit. If you liked Conquest, then you will like this game. Its DNA is very clear. If you yeah. didn't like Conquest, you know, even good people are wrong sometimes. I think you'll still like this game. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my wow. bit. <laughs> uh, okay. And, and, and Tobin was sort of shooting me a look there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my first LCG was Netrunner. Mm-hmm. And I love Netrunner. Fab- it's a yep. fabulous game, wonderful, good, great design, fun game. 
when Thrones 2.0 came out, that I thought was like the best LCG that Fantasy Flight had done to date. Now, mind you, you know, Conquest was already out there. And I, I like Conquest. I played it a little bit, but it was never really, I never really got into it the way that Tobin and Carl did. You know, it, I, I played it, I liked it, but it was never really my game. I was more Netrunner, and I really liked Thrones. I liked the, the deep theme, the deep strategy. L5R has topped all those in my mind. Yeah, this is this is not simply because we're currently doing a podcast for it. This is one of the better games I have played in some time. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. the it, the gameplay is just killer. Mm-hmm. I, I I love it. It you know Netrunner was my primary card game. It's not anymore. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and that says a lot, right? That says a lot. Yeah. So you'll have to listen, Matthew, for and for the rest of you who want to know more uh, of our thoughts on this. Listen to our next few episodes to learn more, and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, towards the end of this podcast. All right, so third question, because Matthew gave us some quite a bit. <laughs> Can you talk about maybe some common tactical pitfalls you guys fell into when you started to learn the game? So I don't know if we can talk about common tactical pitfalls so much as we can. I will say that we forgot to gain Seeker Roll Fate and Keeper Roll Fate countless times, and I expect that to continue because <laughs> I just <laughs> sometimes I just forget. Pay attention to your rules. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's a good general pitfall. There is this is a game with a few moving parts. If you're not familiar with what I refer to More as than Euro, a board, Euro style board games, watch the board states. Yeah, yeah <laughs> watch yeah. things. Yeah. I Keep still track. and I still can. And I still confuse the air ring effect with the fire effect, which probably has more to do with the ring and icon you know, more than I'm, anything else. I'm going to throw something out here as well. For those of you who have played Conquest, um, that whole thing of my action window, your action window, my action window, get used to it. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's, it needs it's, to happen. It's, yeah, yeah. Yes. The, vocalizing yeah. actions, no actions. Actions, no actions. You have to remember who the first player is. Player with initiative yep. goes back, and then it starts with the Less on defense and so on and so forth. More something that will keep things smooth. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, just you know, pay attention to the, that timing table that's in the that's in the documentation. Mm-hmm. That's that's important. You know, know your timing windows. Pay attention to the board state. Know your cards. Yep. Yeah. Like you know, yeah, Tobin and I, I've done this a lot too. I'll be sitting, you know, we'll, we'll finish a turn. We'll start the next one, be in the middle of, like, the conflict phase. Oh, crap. I should have gotten fate from my seeker roll. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. man, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I hope that hope that helps you. For now, for now. For now. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to leave his best question for last. I've been playing, he says, I've been playing some proxy games and really like the game. I did notice it's been taking us over an hour to finish a match, though. In your experience, does the game speed up when both players are more experienced? I think I had a similar problem when we first started playing Conquest, so I suspect once both players get the rhythm of the game down, I will get to around 40 minutes or so, just like with the other LCGs. And FFG has stated, as they've said, the times will come down as both players' game experience, and some rounds will go long. Some rounds will go yeah. very quickly, and you can I think you can expect the same here. I would say overall, yes, personally, yes. Yeah, Th- things will go tighter because you will internalize some of the smaller decisions and spend more time on the larger ones. So sometimes the games will go long, and but sometimes they will be quick. Yeah. Sometimes they'll be over in two rounds. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can be, that, that can happen. So here's one for the group. Best journey song, Wheel in the Sky or Don't Stop Believing? I'm going to go last on this one, I think. <laughs> I did, I see, this, I did see this one. When I think journey, I think Don't Stop Believing. Yeah, I think, I, I think I don't know. Wheel in the Sky is operatic. It's a good song. Operatic? Yes, operatic is right. Yes. Yep. Oh, that's, uh, I don't know. 
It's it's hard. To, I can't I can't come down on either side of these. So Matthew, sorry I, about that. I, I sort of feel like this question was aimed at me a little bit, just because of the <laughs> trailer of be, our last I personally, episode. it might have been aimed at Tobin. And that and that actually shows you, Doug. That people listen <laughs> to the end. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, this, they hear the, the outtakes. I, I understand that they listen to the outtakes. <laughs> I just I just wasn't sure why you made that one the outtake. Because <laughs> it was funny. funny. <laughs> okay, fine. So. Uh. I don't know. They're almost a tie for me. I'm going to go a little bit more with most of the time with Don't Stop Believing. Yeah. But there are certain times when, you know, you just have to listen to Wheel in the Sky. Yeah. Wheel in the Sky is great, for example, if you're uh, participating in Colorado's latest legal green pastime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a way that's to dance true. around it. <laughs> Uh, oh my! I was going to say from the from the um, cover band perspective over here, don't stop believing. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. All right. So we have a couple more left. Barry Wardle on Facebook asks, "Which clan has changed the most through protesting?" We can't answer that. Yep. We won't ever Sorry. be able to answer that. That will never. Yeah. yeah it, that's it, a simple one. Only only those at FFG can uh, answer that one. Uh, he has another one. We can't answer. We cannot answer now. But you can listen to our upcoming episodes for more about that. Is which is. With all the factions being able to ally with one another, what is your what are your top three clan combos? So we can answer that to some extent in our upcoming episodes once the game is released. Mm-hmm. The one we can't answer is how do you maintain your non-bias when playtesting for your favored clan? I, I'll take a stab at the first here. Oh. Is basically as playtesters, we had a job to do. We had a role to play. We had things we needed to get done, which was test the game and with that in mind it was pretty easy for me at least to set aside any tendencies and do the job that was in front of us yeah I'm, it, I'm it gonna takes a different sorry. play testing is a different animal than normal playing of the game yeah i'm, I'm going to take part of this question and try and expand it from the bias it's referring to i'm thinking in terms of you're playing your clan i'm playing scorpion and i say hey this scorpion card seems kind of weak what, he, what I think I'm being asked is, is how do I avoid the thing of going, yeah, this Scorpion card over here is kind of weak, can we shove it up a little bit, and ignoring other problems, worrying more about the power level and enjoyment of my clan. Um, for me, like you say, I don't find that a problem, because um, overpowered is just as bad as underpowered. Right. Im- imbalance is imbalance. We all want a balanced game. I don't want an overpowered faction. I want a faction that's fun. Right. Yeah, so right. objectivity so, I, I didn't find too difficult. So I am, by profession, a... Software quality assurance engineer. I'm a software tester. I test hardware and software, and that's my job. Mm-hmm. In my job doing that, I have to be dispassionate about things to an extent. There, you know, there are there are things that I might have to test where I say, "Well, I would never do this in the real world if I was a customer using this product," but it's still something that I have to test so that I make sure that the, if there are bugs in that whatever whatever logic flow part of the part of my product. That that's going through, that there are no bugs there. Yeah. So that's what testing is. You you step back and you try and think about all your options, all your avenues. You do things that you know customers are going to do. You think you do things that you don't think customers will do. You you try and break things. That's testing. Yeah. You have a problem to solve, and the problem is what could go wrong here. How can I improve it? And other than that, and improve is a blanket term. Is it is it is it to one direction? And all you're trying to do is to fix that and not not really worrying about anything else. Yep, yep. So we have Trout Ninja from the FFG forums. Among all Great the courtier, name, by the yeah, way, <laughs> it is <laughs> Trout Ninja. Among all the courtier traded characters that have been revealed, which is your favorite? Same question for Bushi and Shugenja characters 
traded. I went off the list of five rings DB, and I identified one of each. And this might be harder for you guys. Sugenja, the adept of waves, which was the character I think that we spoiled. I don't remember. Adept no, we, we spoiled against the waves. Yeah. Yes. So the adept of waves, which gives covert and water conflicts. I, I like that. It's that, a heck that's, of a card. That's a great. Uh, when Good I think character. Shugenja, that's, that's who I think. The Bushi character is a bit harder. I'd probably go Lion for that. And I was thinking Matsubayona. Or Ooh, Honor General. Yeah. Matsubayono, if you have other Bushi in play, he gets extra, uh, he gets extra fate. Honor General, oh, he's just awesome. Um, Courtier-wise, Kakira Asami is cool. She's the crane of the three fate crane where while this character is participating in political conflict, if you count more political, political skill in the conflict than your opponent, you take one honor from them. So those are the, my favorites. I Now, for my cards, I have one that comes directly to mind. And I think Tobin's probably going to give me a dirty look when I mention this one. <laughs> My favorite Shugenja character is, of course, Tobin. Uh, the Kitsu Spirit Caller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Should have yeah. known that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, oh, sorry, I was going to say, keep that in mind for when I get to mine. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, as far as Bushi goes? Bushi really, tr- like, I really trended towards Lion because they have, much of they have so many bushy right okay mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna i have a little bit more of a fluff reason for this one but and 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 aesthetic reason for this one my favorite bushy character is uh doji hotaru oh okay i like she her bushy? oh yeah. heck yeah oh wow yeah. okay i love her art yeah yeah that art just i don't know it just speaks to me it's 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 beautiful it's like I think it's my favorite art piece in the in the card set so far. It's a cool. Stunning piece of work. Yeah, and uh, I liked her story. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting, cool character. Yeah, totally. Yeah. She's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to answer all of mine because um, some of my favorites have, as of right this moment, have not yet been spoiled. So later on, I'll definitely answer that question. But I will pick out the um, courtier. And it links directly into the Kitsu Spirit Caller over there because easily in Scorpion, my favorite courtier is the Shosuro actress. Oh, yes. Which is an amazingly cool. awesome card. Nice. And obviously, when you combine it with tricks like, say, I don't know, stealing a Kitsu spirit caller off someone. <laughs> yeah, I love that actress. <laughs> okay, that's that's good. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mention a courtier card. Oh, okay. I, I, my favorite courtier is the Lion's Pride Brawler. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 Bushi yeah. courtier. <laughs> Bushi awesome. courtier. Awesome. <laughs> yep, yep. Very cool. Very cool. Completely. Yep. All right. Next question is Kakita Shijin from the FFG forums. <laughs> and this one is a funny one. Do you think ninjas should dress like gardeners or dress in black or murder kabuki actors on stage? <laughs> I'm confused by this term they're using. I, I, uh, I that's, don't that's know. The, that's the I official think, statement from the Scorpion think, Clan. I we're confused by this term. All of the above? <laughs> all of the above. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, that was funny. Funny enough, that was one of the answers to someone <laughs> answered in, 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 of course, in, our, in lieu of us. So, yeah, it's a fun one. I, you know, ninjas are always dressing in black but they could i guess they could dress in a uh, black doesn't really work in a in a green environment in a forest environment green black white or black doesn't work in a snowy environment i don't know what the to use the terminology you've stated real ninjas do not wear black or red or bear scorpion months <laughs> okay all right there you go sesu shabadan talks about the fact that there's this and he's uh, the ffg forms as well mentions people taking nom de guerres for th- that have to do with families and uh, an in clan name 
right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so do we have any tips for new players who want to participate in that tradition or any recommended resources, do's and don'ts? Ooh, wow. And in response to this question, Sergio, there was someone who posted a link to something, a creator, an online creator that would create a name for you. I don't know if I have any hints to this. I mean, I guess the, what I've seen on Discord is people will take, they'll align with a clan and they'll take a name within that clan, one of the four families that we've talked about in the various clans, and then they'll take a first name. Yeah. I don't know how I'm, exactly to do that. Though. I'm very familiar with making roleplay game character names. I do it quite a lot. In something as structured as L5R and the amount of link to various families and backgrounds, uh, I'm going to put that out. Um, community, tell us how you do that. Tell us what, what's supposed to be done there, because that's very interesting. Well, yeah. I'm going to pull on some of my role-playing experience for this as, mm-hmm. as a game master. Because when you're a game master, you have to make up a lot of names. This is this be true. <laughs> um, there is a, a book that uh, a lot of people use. It's the character naming, character name source book. Mm-hmm. It, uh, that's not the exact title, but it's something like that. Look it up. You can find it on Amazon. But basically, what it is, it's it's a book that's just full of names from different countries. There are you know like Scandinavian names, there are American names, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's a Japanese section. Oh, okay. Can, so that you can do that. All right. So take take family name, add name you like from the book, I suppose. Or look yeah. up famous Japanese character that you know, person that you liked, and you can use you know their name or something like that. Yeah. So there there, there are lots of ways to to choose a name. Mm-hmm. All right, that completes our listener questions, folks. I think I speak for Carl and Doug when I say it's was amazing to receive this uh, number and this level of interest and the diversity of questions. Slightly overwhelming. Uh, I hope you understand. I hope you understand that we couldn't answer them all, but it was awesome to get them. Keep them coming. We'll yeah. respond to them as they come up. Yeah, and even mm-hmm. if we can't answer them, we'll at least address them during the shows. Yes, definitely. Yes. Now, having said that, that plays right into our next section, our last section for the day. Gen Con, we will be there. We're bringing it, bringing it to you. We'll be interviewing players and fans to find out what they think and collect yep. some of your thoughts on the whole Gen Con experience. For those of you who are there, we will be having voice recorders with us. We so will. If you see us walking around with, you know, shoving mics in people's faces, you know why? It's not technically assault. <laughs> and we we'll like, be gentle, like, like, <laughs> like some of the other podcasts, we'll be wearing T-shirts. We got oh, T-shirts. Well, yeah. Carl will be in full cosplay garb on Thursday. I fully expect him to be wearing the t-shirt over the cosplay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> when, when, you, when you find out how warm this getup is, no. no. <laughs> so we'll be, we'll be wearing t-shirts. Come up, say hi. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. We'll be releasing, and this is, the big, this is the big reveal. We will be releasing a series of four inaugural episodes. They will be clan reviews based on our experience playing the game. In those episodes, we share our thoughts on each of the clan cards what we love, what we like, what we sort of think of are, are okay. Those episodes will be released starting at 10.03 a.m. Eastern Time, three minutes after the official release of the game at Gen Con. On Thursday. And then each morning through that weekend. So you'll get one at 10.03 in the morning, Indianapolis time on Thursday. Then you'll get one about 8 o'clock in the morning on Friday, 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, and 8 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. So definitely watch our Podbean site for uh, those releases. Absolutely. We'll be tweeting out on those. As we'll be at Gen Con, we won't be able to... The the likelihood that we're posting to Reddit, the likelihood that we're posting to Facebook are going to be slim because we'll be so uh, enamored with everything else that's going on. But watch our, watch that space. If, mm-hmm. you do, if you are on Twitter, by all means, follow us there. You'll get that automatic 
um, posting that says we've released a new episode, but there's going to be four new episodes next week. Uh, we are really excited about that. I was going to say, to anyone still using RSS, we apologize for the spam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'd like to close out with two prognostications for Gen Con. So I will start, and I will say one of the things that Steve Horvath said in the Facebook Live video was that he would announce the street date for the game in our friendly local game stores, and I'm going to go on record saying that's going to be September 7th. Fair play. It's a reasonable All estimate. Right. September yeah, we'll, 7th. We'll, so now the betting pool starts. Is Tobin right? Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, he's, he's he's conferred with myself, who's conferred with people in the industry as well, and general opinion is around the 7th. So, yeah. yeah. But we'll see. All right. Single prognostication from you, Carl? I'm going to sweat off 20 pounds. <laughs> um, um, my, so, pro my so prognostication is, having looked at the structure of the Hatamotos coming up to the big decision at the end of the Kigumatsuri event, that we are going to need one of the tiebreakers. Okay. I think it's going to go down to at least talking to the Scorpion of the Phoenix. All right. All right. My feet are going to hurt a lot. Uh. <laughs> so this is the first time that Carl's, Carl's going. So we're going to have to probably carry him out on a stretcher on Sunday. <laughs> so. Yeah, you're going to do a lot of walking. <laughs> I can't say I've done Gen Cons, but I've done cons. Yeah, so. yeah. Have you ever done one with like sixty thousand of your closest <laughs> friends? When 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 we get to talk about this, I'll describe some of the um, Games Workshop uh, ge uh, Golden Demon days that I yeah, worked. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, prognostication for the game or for FFG in general. Uh, I think we're going to see some interesting things coming out for Netrunner. That I do think. All right. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, as far as prognostications for this game. I am looking forward to the announcement of the first uh, cycle pack. Oh, right. You think yeah. I think it'll be there. No, yeah, I think it'll be there. Yeah, I you got a point. Not, whether not, whether not. it be on stage after Kikumatsuri or whether it be in the in-flight report on Friday that FFG does where they 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 just announce all kinds of stuff. Okay, right. bonus prognostication. It will not be on any of those official things. It'll wait till the end of the Gen Con. They'll let everything, all the craziness go through and then, oh, by the way, here comes a cycle. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's all my right. feeling. Yeah. That, that, that would see. That seems like it might be. Since it could be a little overwhelming, <laughs> <laughs> you know, fever pitch levels of crazy. Yeah. All right, folks. So we will see you at Gen Con. Again, come talk to us. Let's hang out. Let's play some L five R. Let's shoot the shit. It's going to be an exciting, exciting time. Mm -hmm, definitely. And as always, thanks for listening. If you would like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions, you can contact us at artofwarcast at gmail.com, via Twitter at Art of Warcast, via Facebook, or leave a comment in the episode's comments section. Please review us on iTunes. It helps other Rokugani find us. Thanks for listening, and remember, Honor is the deadliest weapon. weapon.